following teaching is from the Warrior's Heart Bible Study for Men. You can find us on the web at warriorsheart.org. We hope you have a great day. Good morning, gentlemen. You doing okay? Yeah, the title of this is Kingdom of God is about superstars. And um, what's interesting is... Uh, Everybody wants to be around superstars, right? Is that right? Yeah. As a coach, I, I couldn't win unless I had at least one superstar on my team. So uh, the amazing thing about Jesus is that he turns everybody into a superstar. Whether you want to or not, if you just say to him the magic words, here I am, he will do things with you beyond anything you ever thought of. He's that good. And um, that's what he did with me. Kingdom of God is about you becoming his superstar. Kingdom of God is salvation. When he saves us, he saves us to save others. I just had a 72-year-old man come back to Mexico in our ministry, and he says, I need to get prepared because I want to share with my family about this salvation that I've tasted. And the Lord says, go, now that you've tasted how good he is. Uh, I, was a, I was a chaplain for the, the Astros and uh, this past season. So in our, my little gathering area, I'd have Correa and Altuve and a couple other guys come in and sit down, and they would just um, begin to talk. In our world, we would call Altuve and Correa superstars. And they just talked. And they talked about the pressure that they had. They said, man, we're getting tired of this pressure. One day they said, we're getting tired of this pressure. Right? Guys, in Christ, there is no pressure to be a superstar. He declares you one. And then he says, I am going to teach you how to become one. We all have stars in our country, in our world, right? We have stars in sports. We have stars in the arts. <clears throat> we have stars in education. <clears throat> and I'm talking about myself right now, and some of you may have your first star that you uh, laid eyes on and said, man, I want to be just like him. See, I loved having stars in my life. I loved identifying myself with them, and I loved talking about them. Down in South Texas, where I'm from in the Valley, when I was a little kid, the Dallas Cowboys were the first NFL team to go into the Spanish-speaking community, and they went into Mexico and made a big impact. But the Valley is a subculture of Texas. Who's familiar with the Valley? El Valle? Yeah. So we're down there. Uh, I didn't see a white person my whole life. <laughs> and I lived in America, and I didn't see a white person until I got to Indiana and picked tomatoes there and picked cotton in Alabama and, and uh, you know, all the things that we did as, migrant, uh, as migrants. But the first picture I ever got was this. Who's this guy? You guys remember? <clears throat> you can't see it real well here, but John Nyland of the Dallas Cowboys. He was an offensive lineman. Okay, not too many offensive linemen become stars in kids' 
minds and hearts. Usually the quarterback, the running back, the wide receiver. <clears throat> but this guy, because he signed this, this particular poster that they gave us down in the valley because the Cowboys were trying to promote their NFL team down there, became my first star. You know, wow, John Nyland. I, I didn't even know what position he played. He just looked good in that uniform. <laughs> I'm going, man. But the one, I, <clears throat> the very first book I read was on this guy. <clears throat> man, I got something in my throat right here. Right? He inspired me so much that I actually got an afro. I did. <laughs> and I said, just make me six, 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 seven. Give me some hops. Then I said, my next star in the arts was the, another guy with an afro. Lionel Richie. You see him in the back? <laughs> yeah. I sang all the songs. I even sang that three times a lady to my first girlfriend. I was horrible. Could be the reason why she broke up with me. <clears throat> then I had a star in education. Who's heard of B.F. Skinner? Burris Frederick Skinner, an American psychologist, behaviorist. You know? Behavior can be modified through reinforcement and punishment. I thought that was pretty good. So my first professor, at uh, Modesto Junior College was a great professor, Don Eccles. He taught me about B.F. Skinner. And I thought, man, I'm going to be a psychologist. And I did. I got my master's in psychology. And this guy influenced me a lot. B.F. Skinner had some great ideas. We do this with our stars. <clears throat> we exalt them. We reward them. And we humble ourselves before them. And we do as they do. We want to be like them. We even walk like them. <clears throat> you have kids who like, I mean, all my, being in America, I, I wasn't into baseball yet, so I didn't have any baseball stars, but uh, I wanted to walk like them, talk like them, act like them, and, of course, play like them. And then, uh, like Mia Skinner, just talk like him. But then we learn the truth about our stars, right? And we lose confidence in these stars. Because the testimony of their lives don't match up. And this was later on in my life. I said, oh, man, Dr. J, he did that. Lionel Richie, he did that. And then the Lord saved me. And B.F. Skinner became an afterthought. Because the Lord saved me. Because B.F. Skinner could not talk about the one thing that only the Lord has a privilege to talk about. Go in your word to Ezekiel 36. <clears throat> if you have that. Ezekiel 36. <clears throat> Who's found it? And right where you are, who wants to read it nice and loud? 24 through 28. Somebody have a loud voice? All right. Nice and loud, 24 through 28. When that happened to me and my heart, because I couldn't explain it, the Lord saved me in 1985, <clears throat> and I struggled to try to make sense out of the reason why I was now thinking differently, acting differently, 
you know, uh, cherishing things <laughs> differently. Uh, I was just a changed man, and it frustrated the heck out of me because B.S. Skinner had told me something. <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> he had said something that just didn't jive with God's word. He says, I will cause you to obey me. I will give you a new heart, right? And it says, and cause you to follow my statutes. Statutes, and I said, man. When you're used to having control of everything, and then all of a sudden you just don't have control of everything, it's frustrating. And it was frustrating for me. Right? I had a new heart. This is what the Lord does when he saves us. He gives us a new mind, because now we have the mind of Christ. Right? I mean, those two things right there. Then he says in Hebrews 8 and 10 that he wants to write his word on the tablet of your mind and on the tablet of your heart. Because this is where that transformation has to take place. I was asked, do you want to be a superstar for me, God, in Christ Jesus? Let's read this passage here to you. And this is the passage we're going to focus on today. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. Some versions say universe. Your MVP of the league. Have we had any MVP of the, MVPs of the league here in your sport? Anybody? Guys, what kind of a group is this, Eric? Give me some MVPs. Anyway, I was MVP. I guess I raised my hand. All district. But if you have one MVP, you couldn't be all district. <laughs> but then you have all state. Then you have all American. Then you have all world. I mean, in China, they know Kobe Bryant. Okay, so he's a star in China. But you know what Kobe Bryant is not? He's not a superstar. Because when the Lord is talking about you, if you're saved and he's talking about you right here, then you will shine among them like stars in the sky, in the universe. Okay? Jesus does not know Kobe Bryant. But he knows me. And he picked me, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, from the low, the lowest of the low. And he said, I'm going to turn you into something you don't even know you can become. Right? Then he even said, and I'm going to teach you a new language. And so he even taught me Spanish. So I could become a Spanish-speaking pastor. And my own family said, where would you learn that? I have the gift of tongues. I didn't know I had it. I have the gift of tongues. The Lord taught me Spanish, according to Acts chapter 2. And so, do not at all, at any point, say to him, you're limited. He's not limited. He wants to turn you into a superstar. And it says in verse 16, as you hold firmly to the word of life. This was not meant to be read, gentlemen. This was meant to be lived. Okay? It was not meant to be read. It was meant to be lived. I lived. And when I learned that, because 
I was a good reader, man. I loved reading everything. But this frustrated the heck out of me because I read it so well. I memorized a lot of stuff, and my life was still a mess. And he says, no. I've got things for you to do. Be a superstar for God, for our next generation in Christ Jesus. It is through us that they will know Jesus. Who will know Jesus? Okay. How many of you guys have children? Yep. Okay. Some of you don't have children, and uh, maybe the Lord will bring you some children. But even if you don't have children, you still might have a nephew, niece. Yeah? I mean, there's children around us. <clears throat> and in Matthew chapter 18, he is real specific about what happens to this next generation and what happens to people who are a stumbling block for this next generation. And that's those little kids. I'm about to give my daughter's hand away to this young man next Saturday in California. Right. She's 28 and a half years old, and uh, uh, I'm going to have the privilege of doing the ceremony. So I've been crying for a while. <clears throat> and the great thing about it is that I also have the authority to say, let's just party and let's just put this aside for a while and not do the wedding for her. <laughs> Would that be cool? Anybody object? I say, yeah, I'm objecting right now. <laughs> but we got enough food and enough music. Let's, let's party. Let's have a good time. We'll come back some other time. Right? The superstar for our children or the youth has got to be Jesus the Cristo. Right? The operative word is the. Jesus the Cristo. El hombre quien es Dios. The man who is God. And everything hinges on that. Okay? If you learn about this Jesus, and the word says, this Jesus, because Jesus said, many will come in my name. Many will come in my name. All right? And if the, the smartest thing you can ask somebody who wants to talk to you about Jesus is this. Which Jesus? Anytime anybody wants to talk to me about Jesus. You know how many Jose's there are in Mexico? <clears throat> you go to Mexico and you tell somebody, I want to talk about Jose. Which one? <laughs> and you got a list of a million. Because there are. But Jesus said, many people will come in my name. You need to ask which one we're talking about. Okay? And we're talking about the one who said in John 8, 24, if you don't believe who I say I am, you're going to go to hell. Because I'm completely man and I'm completely God. That's the Jesus we proclaim here. Okay? So be, be, be real smart because superstars do that. They ask good questions. This superstar first lowered himself to be a man, <clears throat> humbled himself to obey. To obey to the point of death and death on the cross. Right? And for that reason, God exalted him and gave him the name above all names. When God says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, listen to him. Listen to him here. In John chapter 5, Jesus says, Moses wrote about me. Moses wrote the first five books of the Old Testament. The Pentateuch is all about Jesus. And then it goes on from there. It's all about Jesus. Okay? If you want to be a superstar, you've got to make sure you've got the right Jesus. 
because he wants to do something incredible in you. Therefore, therefore, anytime you see conditional words in the word, listen to them. Stars in the universe are the real superstars. But first and foremost, in our homes. That's it. It is this simple. The Lord says, how can you become a leader in my house? First, become a leader in your house. That's it. Right? If you can't keep order in your house, you're not going to keep order in my house. Right? And the Lord says that where there's order, there's peace, and where there's peace, there's joy. Because he's a God of order, he gives that order. My job, who is it, Will does remodeling? Where's Will? Did he leave? Oh, there's Will. <laughs> Came up to me and says, hey, can I remodel your house? I said, okay, <laughs> I don't have one. Um, but my job as a pastor is to remodel, help remodel people. That's my job, right? I'm around victories every stinking day. It is amazing. People ask me, why are you filled with joy? I win every day. I'm winning. Anytime I share this Jesus with people, I am winning. And I see the Lord just works in these families, in these men, in these wives. And it's like, wow. Because he wants to turn them into superstars. Three characteristics of these superstars in the universe. First one, they're obeying. And these on your, on your notes, we're going to go over them in a little bit. Uh, growing and producing. Okay? And if you see a sheet down there where it says number one, here's the first one. Obeying is where we need to be taught. Because in the Great Commission, the Great Commission is not go out and share the gospel. That's not the Great Commission. Right? The Great Commission is go out and make disciples. It's amazing that even I listen to Christian radio and they go, yeah, let's go out and share the gospel. That's not the Great Commission. The Great Commission is to go make disciples. Right? God's word is good for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and instructing. Right? Okay. A word from the pulpit can teach you. But I can't do the other three things. What you need is someone to grab you by the hand, just like you would grab your little girl who's about to ride her first little bike, and you just go right beside her. And you remember how, how you learned to ride that bike, and you're just teaching her to ride that bike. And you're just helping her and picking her up as she falls, and scrapes her knee, and you clean it off, and you put her back on the bike. and you know, You're discipling her on a simple little thing. But in life, we have big decisions to make. And the Lord says, it all starts with this. Teaching them to what? Obey. Right? I could not win a basketball game if my kids, as soon as I said something, didn't say, yes, coach. I knew that. I was in the classroom for 24 years. If you don't have any classroom management, you can have the best lesson plan that you've ever designed. And if the kids are not uh, obeying their responsibility in your classroom, it will be a mess. Okay? It's important that we know that Jesus said, if you love me, you what? Yeah. 14.15, if you love me, you obey me. He never said, if you love me, you read the Bible. If you love me, you worship. If you love me, you go do great things on the weekend for me. You know, 
you pray. It doesn't say that. But if you love me, you obey me. I don't struggle with reading God's word. You know what I struggle with? Obeying. Right? <laughs> Guys, he knows everything. Isn't that incredible? That he knows everything and we know nothing. That's the greatest thing that we can do because once you begin to obey, then you give yourself the opportunity to grow. The only fair thing you can do with your children is ask them to just grow. Right? And the Lord tells us where to grow. Grow in your salvation. That's 1 Peter chapter 2. And grow in the grace and knowledge of the one who saved you, the Lord Jesus Christ. Know him. And when you grow in those two areas, your decision-making gets better. And when you make good decisions, you grow. When you make bad decisions, you don't grow. Right? This is the best psychology you can get. But we have to be in that place. I say, guys, if our decision-making in the game does not get great, we're going to lose. And it doesn't matter how good we are. Right? <clears throat> then you can produce. Producing is winning. Where God in Christ is producing fruit. Where it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. He has a purpose. And his purpose is real simple. The greatest thing anything, anybody can say to you is this. You're different. You used to be an angry man, and now you're not. You used to be the most impatient person, and now you're not. Right? You used to hate, and now you love. Can you tell me why? Because you're producing the fruits of the Spirit. Right? It doesn't mean he's going to give you a million-dollar house and no, we're talking about people being impacted by your life, at your work, wherever you are, because you are a different man, you know? And because I was an egotistical idiot, people noticed right away when they said, wait a minute, you're not the same dude. What happened, man? And I was getting prepared, and I started sharing this Jesus with people, right? People asked me, when did you become a pastor? But when I started proclaiming his name in a very clear way, as in Colossians chapter 4, the Lord leads Paul to say, pray that he get there before me and that I proclaim the gospel clearly as I am supposed to. Because you know what? The amazing thing about this is that the Lord says that the angels don't even have the privilege you have to proclaim Jesus' name. And he doesn't have to use us, but he decides he's going to use these incredibly ugly vessels to reach the life of somebody. Like I was Sunday night till 1 o'clock in the morning at, in an, at IHOP with a young man, 23-year-old man, who was going to attempt suicide for the second time. You know? That's a, that's a soul. And you know how the Lord counts? He counts by one. Luke 15, he says, if one repents, the angels and the Lord will celebrate in heaven. He counts by one. Never get impressed with multitude. Okay? Get impressed with that gentleman who says to you, can I have lunch with you? 
you want to have lunch with me? And you take them to lunch, and whew, it pours his heart out to you, and you best be ready, because the Lord is staying right there. I want to save this soul. Can you speak about my salvation to him? And you become a superstar. Isn't that crazy? They love having superstars in their lives. They love identifying with them, and they love to talk about them. Our children desire great testimonies. The Lord works through testimonies, and he says, that testimony is mine. Your life is either his or it's not. When Jesus says things, listen, because he says you're either with me or you're against me. I don't think he's kidding when he says those things. At least that's the way he impacted me. That's why I love him, because he coaches me every day. He says their first superstar is Jesus, with an accent. If you're writing in Spanish, make sure you put that accent on there, okay? It becomes Jesus. Otherwise, it's Jesus, and it's supposed to be Jesus. And he says, do everything without grumbling or arguing, right? Do everything. He doesn't say some things. He says, do everything without grumbling or arguing. And people will notice this. So that you may become blameless and pure. Wow. The, the worst thing that anybody can do is associate you with the wrong people. Okay? Guys, I don't hang out with the wrong people. I just don't. If they're not saved, uh, my job is to make sure I'm praying for them and asking the Lord, save them, save them, save them, because I can't hang out with this guy too much longer. <laughs> you know, because one, one of us is going to have to win this relationship. And I know how big Jesus is. He ain't going to lose. So this person is either going to come to my side or we're going to quit hanging out because he tells me. Lost cause. Move on. Right? It's important because if you hang out long enough, you'll be blamed and you'll, live, you'll lose that purity that he wants in you. It's without fault in a warped and crooked generation. And what do they do, right? Once they know that Jesus is this good, my daughter, if you know my daughter, she sings here. Uh, when she went to Nashville to record when she was 18, they told her, I said, you can record secular music. And I even talked to her about that. And I said, hey, we can make some money. <laughs> you know, and she goes, papi. I'm never going to sing secular music. She was only 18. You know, she recorded with the Katinas. You guys know the Katinas? You heard of the Katinas? Yeah. She lived with a family there in Nashville for a year and a half, toured with them. And she said, no, I'm not going to sing secular music. Because their next superstar is you. You do everything without grumbling or arguing. Jesus already did it. So that you may become blameless and pure. Jesus did not hang out with sinners. He never hung out with sinners. Okay? That's a lie, and I don't know where it came from. Right? Did it come from the Baptist? No, it didn't. <laughs> Baptists would never say something like that. Jesus said, go and sin no more. And he saved them. 
forgave the paralytic, the prostitute. He, read. he didn't say, come on, let's go to that Ninth Street area and let's see what happens. No, he don't, he don't do that. He doesn't hang out with them. Okay? And he says he doesn't want you to hang out with them. Well, fault in a warped and crooked generation. But this is you. Then the kingdom of God is about you becoming his superstar in Christ Jesus. In what area of your life is he working in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose? Think just for 10 seconds. Okay? And is it in the obeying area, in the growing area? Well, guys, the greatest thing a player can say to me is, Coach, I'm weak here. Can you help me with my left-hand dribble? Man. Got a six nine kid who says, Coach, I want to shoot some threes. I said, dude, you can't even make a layup. You know? Yeah, you gotta make a layup first. And uh, and he goes, and then I can shoot threes? I said, Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. You know? But he ended up submitting and ended up being MVP all district and everything. But you submit to him and you say to him what Jesus says in Hebrews chapter ten. Verse 5 through 7. Okay? The magic words in Spanish are these. Aquí estoy. Here I am, O Lord, to do your will. Okay? And if you just say to him, here I am, he will do incredible things in you. Isn't in the area of producing? What area of your life do you need to produce some fruit in? Okay, just jot down one or two things there. You're going to share them in, 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 in a second here. Okay? Is it in the obeying area, the growing area, or the producing area? And these are the notes that you have. Okay? And what area do you need to be? Allowing God to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Romans chapter 12, he says his purposes, his will are good, pleasing, and perfect. Do you want his good, pleasing, and perfect will? Or do you want your will? Okay? And as, I, and as I've said it here before, I tell people the easiest job I've ever had, and I've had like five different professions, is being a pastor. Because all I have to do is tell him, Lord, do what you got to do. And I just sit back and I watch. Okay? As long as I'm rightly dividing his word, which I have that responsibility to do, I just sit back and watch. And he's good. Right? Because he says, my burden is light. My yoke is easy. Okay? It's not about reading God's word. It's about knowing how to read God's word. And you get those incredible passages and you go, because people say, well, yeah, man, following Jesus is rough. You got the wrong Jesus. Because the right Jesus says, my burden is light, my yoke is easy. Right? So he's either lying or you're lying. I lie. He doesn't lie. Thank you for joining us on this week's podcast. We hope you can join us in person. We meet Thursday mornings at 6.30 a.m. in the garden room of Houston's First Baptist Church. 
For more details and to register, you can visit us on the web at warriorsheart.org. That's warriorsheart.org. Have a great day. Your hearts and let the healer set you.